The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Thank you for tuning in for this Unity Partner Program. Unity Online Radio partners with spiritual leaders from organizations whose mission and messages complement Unity's. We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Main Street Vegan with host Victoria Moran. Victoria is an author, inspirational speaker, and a certified holistic health counselor and vegan lifestyle coach. She's here to entertain, educate, and inspire you on your journey to look and feel amazing, eat extraordinary food, help animals, and create a physical body perfectly attuned to spiritual growth. Now, let's get this party started. Here is your host, Victoria Moran. Hello, lovely listeners. So nice to have you today as part of the Main Street Vegan Program right here on Unity Online Radio. Gosh, it's cold in New York City. We are having an early cold snap, and I'm just hoping that it's going to snap and then snap back to something more normal. How do you feel about the cold? If anybody listening has any really good suggestions for making it through the winter in a stalwart way, the coldest winters I ever spent were living in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And I noticed very clearly that the people who got through and actually loved those months were the people who got into winter sports. They were skating and skiing and tobogganing and all that sort of thing. And I just wanted to stay inside. We actually did have a fireplace. That was my favorite part (laughs) of a very long Wisconsin winter. Some of the things I've discovered are skiers' toe warmers. Now, they are disposable. And I know that we who care about the environment are trying not to use disposable things. But I must say that when the toes are warm, you're just warm all over. So I, I do use those when necessary. I also have found many Layers, all of which promise to keep you warm, but they don't unless you do all of them. So I have the Miracle long-sleeved undershirt, and then I have the standard old-fashioned long underwear, and then I have insulated sweatpants, which I use for dog walking, which seems to be the coldest of all walks that I am called upon to do. However, something that I have learned that warms up the dog walk and makes any kind of hanging out outdoors and being mobile much less unpleasant than it might be otherwise is listening to podcasts like this one and like the other wonderful podcasts here on Unity Online Radio and some of the other fabulous vegan podcasts that are out there like Our Hen House and uh, Colleen Patrick Goudreau's Joyful Vegan. I just load those things into the iPhone and then I almost don't notice the temperature, but almost does get some emphasis there. So wherever you are, I hope you are warm and toasty and having an absolutely delightful day. We're going to be talking after the first break with somebody I admire so much, and I've waited for this show for such a long time because I've been saving up questions. 
my own questions and questions from other people to ask someone who really gets it about nutrition. And I find it so fascinating with the whole nutritional idea that certainly the medical doctors who understand about plant-based eating are, are just amazing and are alternative practitioners. I mean, we just have so many great, great people in this movement. But when I really want to know about a nutrient, particularly when somebody of the paleo persuasion or somebody who just really is not crazy about vegans wants to argue with me about some fine point, I feel so grateful that I have people to call on, such as the guest that we will be speaking with today, and that is Brenda Davis. She's just the author of a whole slew of books. She has co-authored Defeating Diabetes, Dairy-Free and Delicious, Becoming Vegan, Becoming Vegetarian, Becoming Raw, The Raw Food Revolution Diet with Sherry Saria. She's a superb speaker, and she really knows her stuff. The other thing that I like so much about Brenda is that she's not in a camp. She doesn't have any axes to grind. I think it was uh, Herbert Shelton, an alternative practitioner of the early and mid-20th century, and he would say, let us have truth, though the heavens fall. And I feel that Brenda Davis is a scientist who is coming from that very perspective that she's going to find the truth and share it with us in ways that we can understand it. So that's very cool. That's coming up in just a couple of minutes. In the meantime, I want to give you... uh, little bit of info about what's going on in the world of Main Street Vegan. This week, and I know you could be listening, you know, Lord knows when in the far off future, but this week where I'm right now, which is November 19th of 2014, the blog post on MainStreetVegan.net slash blog is from a wonderful Main Street Vegan Academy graduate and also one of the most cyber savvy women I have ever met, and that is Carmela Lenai Giardina, and she has written about farmed animal adoption. Now we're looking at Thanksgiving coming up, and a lot of people want to adopt a turkey. Well, you can adopt any sort of animal that that your heart opens up to or uh, somebody really that you can afford. It costs more to adopt a cow than it does to adopt a chicken. But you know to the cow or the chicken, uh, they're just real grateful that you do it. And so often people say, adopt, I don't have room for a cow. Well, no, the cow or whoever it is, is living at the farmed animal sanctuary, but your monthly contribution takes particular care of that cow. Now, which farmed animal sanctuary to choose? Because there are lots and lots of them. There are big famous ones and there are tiny ones that aren't so well known. Well, I always think if you can pick one that's close to where you live or close to where you vacation in the summer or whatever it is so that you know that you can go and meet this animal that you are particularly helping. Well, Carmela has all sorts of interesting suggestions about the farm animal adoption game. So you might want to check that out at MainStreetVegan.net slash blog. And something else very big for me anyway has happened in the past week, and that is that my next book, and it's called The Good Karma Diet, Eat Gently, Feel Amazing, Age in Slow Motion. (laughs) is coming out six months from today. So that's a long time. That's May 19th of 2015. But the reason I'm telling you about it today is that both Amazon.com and BN.com have the book available for pre-order and they have its beautiful cover. And oh my gosh, sometimes you have to fight with publishers about covers. That kind of happened this time. They wanted a cover with some hot peppers on it. And I mean, I like my chili as much as anybody, but the hot peppers were just not quite doing it for me on the cover. So we did some kind negotiating and I prayed a lot. And now the cover of the Good Karma Diet is so beautiful. You got go to bn.com or amazon.com and just check out the cover. It's got this beautiful blue background and then it has a mandala made out of fruit because I know they wanted to do something about the Good Karma thing, thus the mandala and the fruit, of course, because we're talking about a really clean, really green, high raw, but 
with some comfort food in there too, way of eating so that seriously you feel absolutely fabulous and you look good when you're older than you ever thought you'd get. So um, that'll be coming in the spring. And one of the things that's a little bit different about that book is it's not just me. I invited other people to contribute what we're calling good karma stories. So what happened to them when they changed their diet? And a lot of the people are people that their friends and their family love, and maybe they don't have a huge reputation in the world, or, or they don't yet. And some of them actually do have big reputations in the world. And one of those is our upcoming guest, Brenda Davis. So she's going to be part of my new book, and that makes me extremely proud and grateful. You know what? I spend a whole lot of time being grateful. It's a good thing to do, don't you think? Well, my time is up for this first segment because I don't want to spend any more time away from Brenda Davis, RD, and all her nutritional wisdom. We'll be back with all that right after this. Unity Online Radio brings you inspiring programs on a variety of spiritual topics. Giving to the network is now easier than ever. Simply text Unity Radio to 72727 from your smartphone. You can make a one-time or recurring donation. Your gifts help us offer enriching spiritual programs that reach listeners around the world. Text Unity Radio to 72727. Thank you for your support. What if you could experience vibrant health, help heal the planet, and be a great friend to God's animal kingdom through simple choices you make at breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Authors Victoria and Adair Moran say you can do this easily, affordably, and deliciously in their new book, Main Street Vegan. Everything you need to know to eat healthfully and live compassionately in a real world. Loaded with practical tips, straightforward information, and fabulous recipes, Main Street Vegan will help you on your journey toward a plant-based diet. The perks include more energy, an easy way to keep your weight where you want it, feeling younger as you grow older, and maybe even a boost to your spiritual life. Purchase Main Street Vegan from BN.com, Amazon.com, or your favorite bookseller. Spirit of Recovery is the place where spirituality and recovery meet, where we support your spiritual growth. Reverend Anna Schaus, Ph.D., interviews down-to-earth guests who share with you how they keep going and growing in recovery. Spirit of Recovery is the place to get practical tips and join in lively discussions on topics that matter to recovering people. This program welcomes everyone who wants to know more about recovery. Join Anna and her guests live every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Central Time on Spirit of Recovery, where we talk about what keeps you growing. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. You're listening to Main Street Vegan with Victoria Moran. If you have questions or comments about today's topic or any other area of interest, we invite you to follow Victoria underscore Moran on Twitter or email her at MainStreetVegan at UnityOnlineRadio.org. Now, back to Main Street Vegan. Welcome back, everybody. I halfway introduced our guest already, but I'm going to fill you in on a little bit more of her wonderfulness. Brenda Davis, RD, has been a public health nutritionist, clinical nutrition specialist, nutrition consultant, and academic nutrition instructor. She's currently on a diabetes intervention research project in the Marshall Islands. We'll need to ask her about that. Why there? What's going on in a place most of us have never thought about? Brenda is a past chair of the Vegetarian Nutrition Dietetic Practice Group of the American Dietetic Association, now the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics. And in 2007, she was inducted into the Vegetarian Hall of Fame. Well, Brenda, you've been in my Hall of Fame longer than that. Welcome to the Main Street Vegan Show. 
Oh, thank you so much, Victoria. It's so nice to be here, and I'm just so grateful for all that you are doing and have done, and it's a joy to be with you today. Well, you know, we're just all out there trying to make things better. So in the story that you wrote for my upcoming book, you tell what made you vegetarian. Could you give us just the thumbnail view of what happened one day in your kitchen? Okay, sure. Um, well, you know, I was um, uh, a dietitian. I was actually a community nutritionist up in northern Ontario, and I I had really never met real live vegetarians even, <laughs> but I was always really intrigued by vegetarian, and I it was something that just really appealed to me because I loved animals. And um, but anyway, what happened was. Um, a friend of ours, a very good friend, he was actually our best man at our wedding, was on his way deer hunting. And he called to see if he could stop by before going on his hunting trip. And, and of course, I said, sure, and put on the coffee. And anyway, um, I, as he was driving to the house, I was thinking about what I could say to him that would stop him from shooting another deer. And as we sat and chatted, I said, I, I said to him, I just don't get it. I don't understand in what pleasure you take in shooting such a beautiful, innocent creature. And I said, the only thing I can think of is it just makes you feel like more of a man somehow. And um, it was really what he said to me that changed the whole course of my life. Um, He said, you know, Brenda, just because you don't have the guts to pull the trigger does not mean you are not responsible for the trigger being pulled every time you buy your piece of meat camouflaged in cellophane in the grocery store. He said, at least the animals I eat have had a life. He said, uh, you know, I doubt very much you could say the same for the ones that are sitting on your plate. And, you know, it was the first time anybody ever forced me to take responsibility for what I was buying in the grocery store. And it just opened up a whole new world to me. And I thought to myself, well, I had no response to him. I just thought to myself that I needed to find out how the food I was purchasing got there. And so I just started to research the whole thing. And it didn't take me very long to make the decision that I just couldn't be part of a system that involved that kind of cruelty anymore. And it was a hard decision because I was scared that I'd get ousted from my profession. I mean, our all of our educational materials were built on an omnivorous diet, the four food groups. And so it was, it was a, a little bit of a challenging time, but I just decided that if I didn't stay within my profession and try to affect some change, who would? And so I just decided I, I needed to do what I could to make a difference. And um, that was... Well, close to 30 years ago now. Wow. I love, (laughs) I call it kind of the typhoid Mary approach that you're (laughs) a hunter made Brenda Davis a vegetarian and you're one of the most influential vegans on the planet. And, And there are some other people out there now, you know, there are juicing experts and other people who aren't necessarily vegetarian or vegan themselves, but their work inspires people to eat more plants. And then a lot of these people go on to become vegan. So it really works. Now, I was just about to announce the phone numbers and say that if you want to call with um, a question for Brenda Davis, you can do that. And you will also win by calling in today a subscription to American Vegan Magazine and a year's membership in the American Vegan Society. So I'm going to give the numbers, but there's already a caller. So if you are in the U.S. of A. and you want to use a toll-free number, that's 888-558-6400. Eight, nine, or if you are outside the U.S. or you've got long distance that's free all over, 816-347-5519. Carol, welcome to the program. Well, Schneider, I am so happy to be on the air today and ask a question of Brenda Davis. How's everybody? We're all great, Carol. What's your question? Yeah. Okay, Brenda, I have this question, and it's about reading in Mark Furman's little book, The Andy Index, about 
measuring the nutrient density of foods. And I was thrilled to see that basil and kale, just if you went cup by cup, that basil is even higher in nutrients than kale, something we all love. We love them both. Can you talk a little bit about the power of herbs and the way we're used to eating them in small amounts? And it even puts a new spin on herbal tea. And I'd love to hear you talk about that and about the freshness and the way we buy herbs in these dried, you know, the glass jars. Yeah. Uh, oh, Carol, that's a, such an important question because I think it's not just herbs but spices as well that have so much potential for healing for people. And it it is interesting, these dark greens that are, you know, our herbs like basil and oregano and so forth, we eat them usually by maybe the tablespoon as opposed to kale that we would eat by the cup. But when you flip that around and you start using more of these herbs um, and using them in, in larger quantities, you get a very, very similar benefits. And, and as you said, basil may be even more uh, nutrient-dense in, in certain nutrients than something like kale. So I think we all need to learn to use them more, including a lot of the spices like turmeric and ginger and cloves and all of these anti-inflammatory spices. Uh, all of them um, provide advantages, and they also help to flavor foods that might be otherwise a little bit on the bland side. Um, you know, I think that we're seeing more and more research constantly on the advantage of, advantages of these um, flavorings, and, and it's interesting how uh, they seem to complement one another. For example, with turmeric, if you consume it with black pepper, the absorption of the bioactive compounds are, are increased like a thousand times. So, so I think that we just need to, to try to grow them. I, I grow several herbs in my garden, but of course during the winter it has to come indoors. <laughs> uh, and I think we need to also really make an effort to buy quality herbs and spices. So with the herbs, if we can get them fresh, that's wonderful. Um, with things like ginger and turmeric, you can actually buy the roots, freeze them immediately when you get and just um, uh, grate oh. them from the, from frozen. And that way, you know, sometimes you don't want to buy a huge root of turmeric because you might not be using so much. It's wonderful just to um, just to freeze them immediately and use just a grater, and it works very, very well. But I've been, if you have a, um, you know, a spice store close to you, I think just it's like any food, the fresher the better. If you can grow herbs yourself, if you can buy spices at that type of a store, and even the spices. I, the last time I went to a spice shop, I actually froze my spices immediately when I got home uh, to, oh, to help retain yeah, their, their power. So I'm not sure if, that, if I've really answered your question, but I, I'm so glad you brought up the topic because I think they are really an underappreciated source of nutrition. And if you look at, you know, things like uh, the sort of antioxidant score charts, they blow everything out of the water. It's just we don't eat them in, you know, sort of 100-gram servings. But even in the mm -hmm. small amounts that we use, they can really contribute to health. Well, thank this you is, so much, Brenda. Well, Carol, don't you, go away. Okay. Carol, Carol, stay with <laughs> us. Don't, don't hang up because okay. I have a question for okay. both of you. Being All right. not the world's most creative chef, I know about these spices and herbs, but I don't really know what to do with them. So I will put turmeric and black pepper in brown rice. I'll put it in, in tofu because those are kind of bland. Ginger, I'll make tea, cinnamon, I'll put in oatmeal. But I'm looking right now, and I have every kind of spice. I think they're very pretty, <laughs> and I like the idea of them. But what do you do? So just, okay, turmeric, what do you guys do with it? Do you want well, to start? the famous thing I do. <laughs> well, that one, I, I have an easy answer because of all of the carnivores and omnivores who asked me to make my eggless salad 
and you used turmeric in it to give it that beautiful yellow. And there was uh, Isa, uh, whose last name Moskowitz is it, has a mm-hmm. wonderful recipe for tofu omelets. They are a knockout and so easy. And you use lots of turmeric in those to just give it that pretty yellow and then pop a little field roast uh, piece of sausage on top. And you have an elegant, gorgeous, tasty hors d'oeuvre or breakfast. Love it. How about you, Brenda? Turmeric thoughts? It sounds like it sounds like Carol's a gourmet cook. <laughs> um, I'm saying Thank you. <laughs> I actually use turmeric in in, in to, whenever I make tofu. Turmeric goes on the tofu because it just adds so much depth to its color. Um, but I also use it, and I, I and I use both dried turmeric and fresh. You know, my fresh frozen turmeric almost every day. Um, but I'll use it in soups. So if I make a lentil soup or stews or um, even in stir fries, I'll use it in, in uh, just, just about any stew or soup kind of recipe, even, you know, pumpkin soup blended. or So it's one of the spices that I really do try to use on a daily basis. Mm. Okay, I moving on to ginger. A pile of beans. Oh, ginger. Yeah. Well, okay. the best thing I learned is from a uh, Chinese cook who said, don't do any of that peeling. Just wash your ginger and then just grate it and pop it in your tea so you don't have to go through that silly grating. There's nothing you wrong you with do. the outside of a piece of ginger. And I love your idea, Brenda, about grating it frozen. That's really a terrific idea. It, and it, it works so well. I have one of those, what do you call those long, skinny steel things? I forget what the name Mandolin? of them is. Yeah, that's what I use for it. Yeah, and it works. It, I mean, it just works perfectly. And, and it's the same with the turmeric. You don't need to cut off the skin at all. Or, the you know, you can just, just grate it with it on, just wash it before you freeze it, and that's it. Now, it's what about cloves? Good. I know... Michael Greger says that's about the highest antioxidant spice in common usage. Do you all know what to do with that besides a little bit in eggless nog? <laughs> Carol, um, I have a pile of beans. Yeah, I have a pile of beans waiting at home because I read in um, somewhere uh, a chef said take pinto beans and dump in a lot of cinnamon and you'd be amazing how those two seemingly disparate tastes would be good together. So why couldn't you do the same with cloves, Victoria? Just pop it in your pot of soup with beans and see how it tastes. That's a good idea. And the other thing I must say that I do drink chai tea, and I have been experimenting with making my own just from the spices. And whole cloves are very good in that. And if you let them just sit in there and get really softened up, you can actually chew them at the end. They do this in Indian cuisine just like they use fennel seeds as a a digestive. So that's another way mm. with cloves. And how about cinnamon? You mentioned cinnamon. And then we'll stop. I know we have other things to talk about, but the spice <laughs> thing is really intriguing. Yeah, I think cinnamon and cloves work. I use them in anything um, like puddings, pumpkin puddings and, and those kinds of things, but also in if I cook whole grains for breakfast. I'll put a little, you know, sprinkle of cinnamon or cloves. They're wonderful, of course, in in hot drinks and in teas. But oh, I wow. actually put some cloves. It's so funny you mentioned cloves because I actually added a few cloves to my lentil soup yesterday. Ooh. And I absolutely oh. loved it. It was kind of an Indian uh, seasoning that I was using, garam masala and so forth and turmeric. But a lot of times you see those kinds of recipes call for a little bit of cinnamon. And just about anywhere where you might use a little bit of cinnamon, cloves works well, as you know, just, just as well. Mm-hmm. That's great. And we're coming into the spice season. And maybe we can get all excited about holiday cooking with spices and then extend those on in through the year. And really quickly, Carol, before you leave, I happen to know who you are. So would you like to tell the listeners uh, about your company and where they can find you? Oh, thank you. Well, I am a proud graduate of your very first Main Street Vegan Academy in New York two and a half years ago. And I have a business now called Simple Size Me 
and it's to help people create leaner, lighter lives. And that is informed by my vegan lifestyle because I think the easiest, simplest way to eat and to clean out and clear out your body and your life and your view of the world and the world, our planet itself, is to live lighter and leaner. And, um, and so your work, your approach to work can be simpler, your approach to life and all of the stuff you can get rid of that doesn't serve you well anymore. Obviously, the foods we know that do not serve you well must go, and then you can really start to build a lot of strength in your life. I Thank love you it. for asking. Sure. So that's Carol Schneider, Simple Size Me. Is oh, that, that right? Sounds I think we could all <laughs> write, and you can just, sure. <laughs> um, and I have a blog. You can follow my blog, simplesizemeblog.wordpress.com. Thank Excellent. You. <laughs> Thanks, Carol. And while while you are jotting down websites and things, Brenda Davis RD is Brenda Davis RD.com. So, Brenda, I want to ask you the controversial questions. And Lord knows there are plenty of them. I have a whole chapter in, in the Good Karma Diet called, But Everybody Says Something Different. Because I think for those of us who are not nutrition professionals, you look out there at the popular press and Dr. Oz and it's just dizzying. They're not just little kinds of differences, but there are huge differences. So I want to ask you some of the questions that I get. And again, listeners, if you want to call in with your questions, 888-558-6489. Let us start, Brenda, with, well, gosh, let's start with the big one and get it out of the way, the great oil controversy. It just worries me that the people who use a little oil and the people who use no oil are just going to have some sort of um, fisticuffs in, in the vegan movement. So help me out. What's the deal with oil from your point of view? Well, I, I can't agree with you more. I mean, I just came from the Peapod Conference in North Carolina, and a lot of the attendees and a lot of the speakers believe that oil is, is the villain. It's responsible for everything that ails us, essentially. But I, to me, the evidence is not nearly as black and white as what, you know, a lot of people would make it seem. I personally don't view uh, oil <laughs> as being a poison. I look at it as being sort of in some ways a little bit similar to sugar. It's a refined food. It's not necessary. Uh, we can get plenty of fat from whole foods, and getting our fat from whole foods uh, is, is generally a better way to go, especially for people who are struggling with chronic disease. You know, every, everything that you consume you want to be helping to heal your body. And so when you eat, um, you know, 120 calories of fat in a little tablespoon, they're calories that aren't providing you with much other than calories quite often. Uh, so it's, you know, you're, you would be better off to get that fat from nuts and seeds and avocados and so forth. However, um, you know, it, I, I think that, um, in some cases it's, it's great to do no oil. So somebody with very severe, uh, cardiovascular disease, you're wanting to reverse the disease. But for person, I think it makes a lot of sense to, um, you know, to, to be a little more liberal in your thinking. We want vegan to be something that's appealing. We want it to be something that uh, isn't more restrictive than it needs to be. And, and so to have, to say, uh, to be less black and white, I guess, is my point. Uh, I use, personally, the way that I, I you know, cr- construct my diet is around whole foods, but I do use small amounts of oil in some cases. So I might use um, uh, a very high-quality fresh-pressed oil that's rich in omega-3s in a salad dressing, for example. Um, I might use a tiny bit of olive oil in something that I'm you know, doing for a special occasion when I have guests over, I tend not to use it as much on a daily basis. But I certainly, you know, I guess to me, um, 
we need to to do a little bit of an acid test for all of these black and white kinds of claims. And to me, the acid test is to take a little bit of a peek at people in the blue zones. And if you look at the blue zones, you know, the Okinawan Japanese consumed about 10 or 11% of calories from, from fat. The, the people in, um, you know, Sardinia, Italy, and Nicaria, Greece, consume a lot of, of olive oil. Um, the people in um, the, you know, Loma Linda and in uh, the Nicoya Peninsula are sort of, you know, around 25, 30% of calories from fat. And so it seems as though it really doesn't matter where you are in, in or, you know, in terms of percentage of calories from fat when we're looking at these places where the longest living, healthiest people in the world are. They all use a little bit of oil, but their, their percentages of calories from fat differ dramatically. And it, to me, it matters less the percentage of calories from fat than where that fat is coming from. So I don't know if that answers the question, but... I think um, it's a lovely answer. I, I, as you tend to answer everything in a way that, that makes sense and provides food for thought and is somewhere in that beautiful Buddhist ideal of the golden mean. So thank you so much for that, Renda. We're going to take a break now and we're going to come back with even more controversy about coconut oil and choline and vitamin K1 and soy. Oh boy, stay with us. Michaels, host of The Prosperous Life on Unity Online Radio, is an author, life coach, national speaker, and the founder and spiritual director of the Center for Spiritual Living in Kansas City, Missouri. Through his writing, coaching, and speaking, Chris has helped thousands of people understand the basic spiritual principles that govern our lives. In his book, Your Soul's Assignment, he reminds us that we each have something to do here on earth a unique purpose to our lives. If you're interested in discerning what is yours to do, are looking for practical spiritual principles to inspire your life, or coaching to provide you with the tools to live more fully, visit Chris's website at www.chrismichaels.net. That's www.chrismichaels.net. What is the key to happiness? Would you like to find the fountain of youth? How about all the money and love that you could handle? Well, my friends, it is there for you. You just need to strip off the false beliefs that keep your divine inheritance from being attracted into your life. You need to be real. Be vulnerable. Be naked. What are you waiting for? Let's get naked. This transformational program with Reverend Heidi Allfree is an invitation to explore and remove the blocks that keep you from emotional freedom. Listen to Heidi and her revealing guests as they embrace the power of spiritual nakedness as a guaranteed way to live an authentic and transparent life. Expose yourself to your greatness on Mondays at 3 p.m. Central Time. Let's get naked. No dress code required. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. You gotta get rid of your butt. It's bigger than it would appear. It hinders your forward movement when you keep bringing up the rear. Thank you for tuning in for Main Street Vegan. Here is your host, Victoria Moran. Welcome back, everybody. I'm talking with dietitian Brenda Davis, and please do check out her books. She's got Becoming Raw, which is one that I really love, and then she has two versions of Becoming Vegan. You have the Comprehensive Edition and the Express Edition. What's the difference? 
Well, the the comprehensive edition is is uh, really designed for people that that want detail, and so for dietitians or health practitioners or others that just really want all of the references and and greater detail on on everything. It's about six hundred and eleven pages, and I'm not even sure how many references, but a lot. <laughs> and the express edition is a kind of a condensed version of that. It's a, less than half the size, uh, but still with with the you know the same information, but just in in a little little more condensed form. Oh, that's wonderful. Something for everybody. And I bet a lot of people read the simplified one and then say, okay, I'm up for the big one now. So, good idea. <laughs> We're now, finding you- a lot of people just want the big one, and, and, and but, but people that are starting out are just, it's too much for them. Yeah, <laughs> so. Yeah. so, you yeah. mentioned uh, an oil that you use on occasion, a salad dressing that's rich in omega-3, and what oil would that be? I, I actually buy um, a variety. So sometimes I'll buy hemp oil, or but my very favorite is is that uh, Vega oil, which is Brendan Brazier's. It's got bits of black currant oil, and it's got a really nice balance of essential fats, and you know bits of flax and hemp and all sorts of things. And but I really like it. Uses a lot of super antioxidant rich. Um, things like black currant or black raspberry or whatever. They've got a number of different uh, sort of oils from these kinds of foods included, which really boosts the antioxidant levels. And I think on salads, you want a little bit of fat to help with the absorption of some of these fat-soluble nutrients like vitamin E and some of the phytochemicals like the carotenoids. And so you can do that just with a little bit of avocado or some tahini in your dressing. But another option, of course, is to use a very high-quality, fresh-pressed oil. And these oils are um, certainly not something you would ever cook with. They're just uh, for use in salads, that's all. I do use a little bit of extra virgin olive oil or avocado oil or walnut oil in in different sort of for different culinary uses, sometimes a little sesame oil just for the flavor. But the amount I use is really usually very tiny. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Now, you mentioned that sometimes people hold to the belief that any oil is the villain. Then we have people on the other end of the spectrum who believe that a certain kind of oil, a kind of oil which I think many of us who are not necessarily anti-oil tend to avoid, is coconut oil. The belief there being that it's not like a regular saturated fat, it's different. And not only is it not bad, it's somehow miraculous. And this is all over the internet. People are getting this information all the time. What's the science? Where do you come down on coconut oil? Well, well, coconut oil is about 90% saturated fat. So when people say it's not like a saturated fat, it is a saturated fat. But there are all kinds of different saturated fats, and, and they're sort of defined based on the number of carbons in the in the fatty acids. So, for example, uh, coconut oil is a little bit higher in, in a 12-carbon fat called lauric acid, which some people consider a medium-chain triglyceride. Some say that stops at a 10-carbon, but generally we consider 12-carbon a, a medium-chain triglyceride. And then uh, coconut oil also has myristic acid, which is 14 carbons, and palmitic acid, which is 16. And so there are all of these different fatty acids, and they're not, they're not, they don't all have the same effect on our body. And so the, the fats that really increase blood cholesterol levels are lauric acid, myristic acid, and palmitic acid, which are the 12, you know, uh, 14 and 16 carbon saturated fats. But um, lauric acid tends to, it's interesting because it tends to increase HDL as well as LDL, more so than some of the other saturated fats. It also is, uh, it, it, again, it's kind of interesting because it is um, a fat that, that reduces fat synthesis in our body, and, and it also enhances the rate of fat, fatty acid breakdown. And, and, so it, it, and, and also there's a little bit of evidence to suggest it may increase metabolism slightly. And so all of these favorable things, and, 
you know, coconut oil is known to be antiviral and antibacterial and all of that stuff. So, so quite often, um, you know, a person who's trying to sell it will use all of that to try to sell more of it, of course. But to me, the bottom line is, is oil is, is so, I, I always make the analogy so people remember that it's, we are taking pure fat out of a whole food. And, and so when you take fat even out of coconut, uh, you're losing a lot in that process. To me, you're always better off eating the whole food. You know, the last thing in the world most overweight, obese North Americans need is to be pouring more fat on their food. Uh, they already have too much fat. You know, you're looking at an extra 120 calories per tablespoon, and you just, for most people, they don't need that. So the way that I look at it is, is that we should treat coconut oil the way we treat other high, extra virgin or virgin coconut oil in the way we treat other high-quality oils. And I use it um, every day on my face, on my hair, on, you know, I use it as a, as a body lotion. I make body lotion with coconut oil and shea butter and co- cocoa butter and vitamin E, and that's what I use as my cream. But as for ingesting it, I ingest it very rarely. Um, I use it in Christmas treats. I might use a little bit in, you know, something that, like I'm doing some sort of chocolate treat and I just need a, you know, a quarter of a teaspoon to help the chocolate uh, keep a consistency that I need or something like that, but I do not use it like uh, many people do pouring two tablespoons into their smoothie. I don't think we need to add that kind of concentrated fat to our food. Oh, Brenda, if you weren't such a wonderful dietitian and if you were American instead of Canadian, I would so press you to run for Congress. Because you seem to have a way to take these controversial ideas and just bring out the facts on both sides and what might be a sensible consensus. I love you, Brenda Davis. On to controversial nutrients. Now, with the rise of the paleo craze, a lot of us are running into people of, of that persuasion who talk about two nutrients and tell us, aha, well, we already said you couldn't be vegan because you have to take B12. And now we also see that you vegans are not getting choline or vitamin K2. I think people listening to this program know that vegans or anybody over 50 needs to be supplementing vitamin B12. But what about these weird ones we'd never heard of three years ago, choline and vitamin K2? Yeah, I think choline is an interesting one. It's a, you know, it's a B vitamin and we need it. Uh, we make some. We actually produce it in our bodies, but we just don't make enough. And, um, we know that a lack of choline can increase neural tube defects and, and, um, you know, some have some a- a- adverse health consequences, so it's important to get it. The deal is, is that a decent vegan diet, a diet that was fairly varied and included legumes and vegetables and all of the healthy foods, uh, would probably provide about three or four hundred milligrams of, of choline. Now, the AI or the acceptable intake for choline is 550 for men and 425 for women. Now, an AI, just in case you people who are listening don't know, an AI is really just a best guess. Um, there's no RDA for choline because we don't really know what's optimal. So instead, we have this AI, which is, you know, acceptable. This is kind of sort of average intakes for people, and they seem to do all right with it. But we don't really know what's truly optimal. So there's some studies that might suggest optimal is is right around what vegans are getting around three four hundred milligrams. Um, too much choline. We're just starting to see some research showing that choline, like like uh, carnitine, can be converted to something called TMA by bacteria in the gut, and then that gets sent to the liver where it gets converted to TMAO, which is atherogenic, which increases risk of cardiovascular disease. And so there's, you know, some concern that way as well. We don't, TMAO is not something you want to be producing. Fortunately, vegans don't produce it because we don't have that bad bacteria in our gut that makes. Uh, TMA. So it's not an issue for vegans. But I think generally, 
If you eat a good, balanced vegan diet, you'll probably be getting enough choline. If you're trying to get pregnant or, um, you know, I, I think it makes sense to take a prenatal supplement that has some choline in it just to get you to the AI. Um, but just so people know, the very best sources of choline in a vegan diet are soy milk, tofu, uh, quinoa, uh, wheat germ, uh, and things like broccoli and Brussels sprouts, beans, uh, some fruits like bananas and apples and, you know, our regular fruits, some grains are reasonable sources. But, you know, eggs are the thing that, that omnivores often think of for choline. And you would get, you know, 126 milligrams of choline in a large egg, whereas you might get 50 or 60 in a cup of soy milk, just to put it all in perspective. Now, I know a ton of people are saying, well, soy milk, you know, soy is bad, and I, I'm using almond milk, not soy milk. But actually, if you look at the nutrition profile of soy milk versus almond milk, there's no comparison. Soy milk's way higher in protein. It's higher in choline. It's higher in all of these trace nutrients. You know, almond milk is like five almonds per cup, if that. And, and so the nutritional value is really what they've added, the calcium and the vitamin D and the B12. Not not much else. What I do if 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 I want to use almond milk is I actually add in uh, two liters of of uh, almond milk. I would add in about three quarters of a cup or a cup of hemp seeds and blend them in so that the almond milk actually has some value. Um, so that's that's my take. I think people shouldn't be quite as as scared of of soy as what. Um, you know, the, uh, the, the big promoters of meat on the Internet would like us to be. Wow, what a great tip. And I actually prefer soy milk. I don't really drink any kind of milk, but I do love my tea. And the soy milk and that chai tea, oh, my gosh, it's so good. So how about the vitamin K2? Can we make enough from vitamin K1, which we get in all of our wonderful greens and vegetables, or... Do we need to eat fermented soy natto? I would say not. Oh, well, I think that we make enough. I think that the studies are, are are fairly clear that we make enough, unless we have been having significant antibiotic therapy. And and when you are treated with antibiotics, you contemporarily lose the ability to convert K1 to K2. And so then using natto or even a supplement could make sense. Otherwise, I just don't think it's the issue that a lot of people are making it out to be. Because we do, I think our conversion ability, especially when we have... Um, you know, a, a healthy diet and a good, you know, microbiome and all of that, that, that uh, we probably do just fine converting. Great. I love it. I can't believe that we only have three minutes left. Will you come oh, back, dear. Brenda? <laughs> and will you give me to. a two-minute answer to what I think is the greatest debate of all? And I know when you come back, we'll start with this and, and you can go on at length about it. But this whole thing about sugar and carbs and are we supposed to never have our blood sugar go up ever? Yeah. What, what's the deal here? Uh, it, this is something that I, it just, I feel is just so sad because for years fat was in the bad camp and it still is in the vegan community for a lot of people. Now it's carbs. And, and again, let's do the acid test. People around the world who, who are, you know, the healthiest, longest living people are eating diets that range from about 55 to about 80% of calories from carbs. It's not carbs that are bad. It's refined carbs that are the problem. When we get carbohydrates from whole plant foods, they are consistently beneficial to human health. So that's, you know, that's just really the bottom line. Um, We need to be, I think we need to rely on uh, whole foods for carbs, and they come packaged with fiber and phytochemicals and all of the good things. And that's, that's, you know, carbs are not the enemy. Yay. Well, again, when you come back, we will talk about the Marshall Islands and the work that you're doing there. I so thought we would have time to get to that. Uh, But you can go to Brenda's site, Brenda Davis RT. D.com. And uh, is there information there about the diabetes work you're doing in the Marshall Islands? 
There sure is, and we also have a site uh, for our new books, which is becomingvegan.ca as well. Very good. Becomingvegan.ca. Excellent, excellent book. That's on our required reading list for Main Street Vegan Academy. Before anybody walks in the door, they have to read Becoming (laughs) Vegan. So thank you so much, Brenda, for your time, for your wisdom, and and just for this wonderful way that you have about yourself. You're a peacemaker. Oh, thank you so much, Victoria, and it was my great privilege to be here today. Well, I would love to have you back maybe in the spring when I start the show by not complaining about the weather. (laughs) Thanks so much. Thank you, Brenda, and thanks to Jeff Comfort, our wonderful and comforting engineer, to Unity Online Radio, and to each and every one of you. God bless you, and eat your veggies. Thank you for listening to Main Street Vegan. Join us every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Central Time as Victoria Moran entertains, educates, and inspires you on your vegan journey. This program is sponsored by Main Street Vegan. To learn more about Victoria or to explore training with Main Street Vegan Academy as a vegan lifestyle coach, go to www.mainstreetvegan.net. That's www.mainstreetvegan.net. Is there a difference between the spiritual teachings you know and how you live your life? Does your day-to-day experience reflect what you truly value? Are you ready to receive your life and live the gift that you are? Join Janice Campbell, licensed Unity teacher, author, and coach each week as she shares inspiration and tools to help you identify and dissolve the limiting beliefs that prevent you from living the fullest expression of what you are. Talk with Janice live every Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Central on Receive Your Life, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Inspiration only takes a moment. Consider these inspirational thoughts from the quest for prayer from Unity House Books. Holding a special, loving thought for other people benefits us as much as it benefits them. In fact, in some ways, even more so. Consider, for example, what happens when you wash your car with a hose. What gets clean first? The inside of the hose, of course, because the water must rush through the hose before it can clean the car. So it is when we hold loving thoughts for someone. As those loving thoughts rush through us, they bless us first. It is a win-win situation. This meditative moment is brought to you by Unity. Does music open your heart and bring you peace and joy? Experience the sacredness of sound with Ramdesh Kaur as we travel the world of mantra, kundalini yoga, and devotional music. Join us for a journey into spirit, Thursdays at 4 p.m. Central, 5 p.m. Eastern, on Spirit Voyage Radio with Ramdesh. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. the key to happiness would you like to find the fountain of youth how about all the money and love that you could handle well my friends it is there for you you just need to strip off the false beliefs that keep your divine inheritance from being attracted into your life you need to be real be vulnerable be naked what are you waiting for let's get naked This transformational program with Reverend Heidi Alfrey is an invitation to explore and remove the blocks that keep you from emotional freedom. 
Listen to Heidi and her revealing guests as they embrace the power of spiritual nakedness as a guaranteed way to live an authentic and transparent life. Expose yourself to your greatness on Mondays at 3 p.m. Central Time. Let's get naked. No dress code required. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. You gotta get rid of your butt. It's bigger than it would appear. It hinders your forward movement when you keep bringing up the Intuition is our spiritual GPS and the single best tool that we have for navigating our lives. I'm Victoria Shaw, and on my Intuitive Connection podcast, I will share with you the ways to connect with your intuition and awaken the gifts of your soul. In each episode, I'll draw on my own intuitive gifts and my training as an Ivy League trained counselor and psychologist to help support you in reaching your highest potential. Start listening now on Mind Body Spirit FM Podcast Network or wherever you find your podcasts.